is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. Welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold. I have my friend John Wade here. How's it going? Again, you know, with the awkwardness. <laughs> this is, is this a you weekly a, you, thing? You made a gesture. Is I this mean, a this, weekly? Uh, this is going to be a weekly know, thing. This is great. It's just going to take it's me a minute to get warmed funny. up. There we go. That's great. I love it. Anyways, uh, thanks for... Uh, uh, tuning in this week, uh, we're super excited. We have some stuff we want to go over, kind of lay out the agenda of the podcast today. Uh, we're obviously going to talk about Eric Decker for a little bit. We kind of touched on him last week, so we probably won't dive too deep into what we think he brings um, to the Tennessee Titans. Um, we're going to talk about the Colts as our one of the division teams, in division teams that we will be discussing over the next couple weeks. We'll do the Colts today, the Titans next week, and the Jaguars the f- following week. Um, and then also today we're going to talk about the 85 inter- uh, minute interview that uh, Mad Radio did, Seth Payne and Mike Meltzer, uh, with Bill O'Brien. If you have not listened to, uh, they're on part three as of today. Today's Wednesday, the 21st. Uh, part four is tomorrow, and then they'll release the full 85 minutes um, tomorrow uh, after Mad Radio, so at 10 o'clock. Um, you guys need to make sure that you go on iTunes and find mad radio on the podcast section or go to sports radio 610 and uh check out the interview it's a great interview and we're going to get in we're going to play some clips from it some of the stuff that me and john took away um but yeah john john how's the week week's going good um for us yeah i don't know about for the texans um of course the titans picked up decker yep we're both huge fans of decker we thought that he'd be a great fit in houston and you know didn't think we'd really sign him, but I am kind of bummed that we never even looked at him. I mean, I don't know. Another red zone option for Mariota. Uh, I think I was looking at the stats, and I think he finished in the last three years in the NFL, uh, either two or three. Um, yeah, second, that's right, um, in the red zone. So uh, as a wide receiver, that's that's big, especially for the way that they play football. Uh, I think Decker's going to make a pretty big impact on that team, and it just gives Mariota a reliable wide receiver, which he has not had outside of Delaney Walker, who's a tight end. So uh, it'll be interesting. They definitely, you know, they, I mean, they're adding pieces on offense. Uh, yeah. You know, with I don't Decker like it. <laughs> and Davis, I don't like it either. They added pieces on defense. I mean, I've hated from day one the Mariota went there. I've always been a big fan of Mariota. Yeah, um, I like him a lot. Smart quarterback. He doesn't have the best deep deep arm. Um, it's actually a lot of scouts have compared uh, our guy, Deshaun Watson, to him. Yep. So, obviously, if you like Watson, you should like Mariota. It sucks that he's in Tennessee because those history sealers now have him. And <sighs> looks like they're on the up and up. And we thought it was all going to be fun and games with their exotic smash mouth. And it turns out that it might work. I, I, I'm not sold yet. I know they had a good year last year. I still don't think Malarkey is as good of a coach as people are trying to make him out to be after last year. 
I, I, I think that there's still a lot of moving pieces. I think they need to do it for a full season. We need to see Mariota healthy for a full season. There's a lot of different pieces to me that I don't think you can. A lot of people are saying that everything I've read is people are saying the Titans are going to win the division. Yes. Um, and to me, I think it's going to be close between us and the Colts. I agree. Um, I think that we have the deepest roster in the AFC South. But it is a quarterback league. It and is. all of a sudden, the Titans look like they should have an offense that's above average. Oh, man. Yeah. And they have a quarterback that's above average. Mariota isn't a great quarterback. I think he has the potential to be a great quarterback. I but agree. he isn't he isn't he there hasn't yet. Shown enough yet. So he's not I just, Andrew Luck. I mean, right now this is talking season. They're yeah. not playing. So no. all we have to do, all we have time to do is talk and be hopeful. And then talk and be scared of whatever these other teams are doing. And right now, the Titans are doing enough where I'm a little scared. Yeah, a little they're, nervous. they're doing it right. And honestly, as much as I'm not a fan of malarkey, I will give John Robinson a ton of credit. He's definitely putting the best players on that team that he can. And he, he has proven that he's a pretty solid general manager. Yeah. Uh, look at that offensive line. He built that himself. You, you know, trading for DeMarco after having a down year in Philadelphia and then him coming back and uh, and showing that he's still capable of being a number one back, then drafting Derrick Henry behind him. Um, we'll have to save this because now yeah. I'm getting into the <laughs> Titans a little too deep. I was about to catch you off deep, there. Uh, too deep, but uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, other news, uh, Deontay Foreman signed his, his rookie contract this year or yeah. this week, last week. Um, so he'll be at... Uh, training camp and he'll be ready to go there'll be nothing holding him back except for maybe some possible uh weight issues we'll see if he gets those under control uh i think a month and a half off is going to be pretty tough for him i I don't see him uh, uh, these are where this is where rookies struggle yes this is where we see the rookie struggle this is where we see them get in relaxed mode they they eat what they shouldn't eat. They're not working out as much as they should be working out. Bill O'Brien talks about it all the time that this is well, the scariest is part of the offseason. Really, really hard on rookies because they've been going nonstop since the beginning of college football season last year. Yep. Since they were doing uh, summer practices for their college teams. And then they, of course, play the season out. Then they get ready for the bowl. And then after their bowl games, they train for the draft. Then they train go from the draft or do all their pro days, go to the draft, then go to rookie camp and then training camp and all that. And now they've got five weeks to do whatever they want. Yeah. And this is where they always get in trouble. This is where Strong got in trouble in the past. With Foreman, his issues were he had to stay off his foot for a while, so he put on some weight. Let's hope that's the only issue. Let's hope that it wasn't self-control. So it's not Lacey. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I mean, we got him under contract, so that's great. And I, I'm really excited to see what he could do for the team. I really think that he's a different style back than what we've had in a while. Honestly, I can't remember the last time we had a back like in what Ron Dane. Dane Ma. wasn't that. Dane wasn't that fast. No, he wasn't that fast, but he was that bruising. Yeah. Um, that straight line speed, no, Dane did not have. I guess Amon Green was supposed I, to be that. I mean, honestly, there's not many backs out there that have the same sort of profile. So, I don't think we've really ever had one like him. Yeah. I mean, that be that big right. and that fast. You're probably right. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm super excited about it. I just want him to stay in shape. I want them all to stay in shape. Um, 
I'll tell you what I did. So how was your Father's Day, John? Oh, it was great. What you, what'd you do you Got for to go the... to the Astros game. Oh, yeah. that's right. You took Jack to yeah. his first baseball game. He got to go to his first ball game. That's he awesome. Last John to a stuffed orbit that I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get out of his hands. Okay. Um, we actually beat the Red Sox. Yes. Uh, Best team in baseball. Best team in baseball. I mean, it's so still fun. still Houston, so you never know. But it's been fun. It, it looks right. It looks. It, it looks right. And I I love they're so Mayfield. fun to watch. I, I love that area. I love I going too. out to Discovery Green. I do and all hate that. the name. I love Discovery Green. Yeah. It's great, especially those outdoor concerts and stuff that they do. Um, yeah, no. So Father's Day for me was awesome. Uh, I was talking to John right before. I got to uh, sit on my couch and I got to rewatch the entire Patriots game. I got to watch the entire Raiders game. Uh, we're talking about the playoff games. And then I watched the Jacksonville game uh, where Savage came in and was the superhero. And uh, then I watched the Indianapolis Colts game where Brock had uh, two good throws and won the game. <laughs> um, so, but it was awesome. And, and one of the things I took away from this, and I'm going to get murdered for it, but I'm going to say it because I really honestly don't care. I think Chris Clark put it together at the end of the season. I watched him specifically on offense in the Patriots game and the Raiders game. He held Khalil Mack, not necessarily I, in check because you're not going to, but he, he didn't give up a sack and he didn't give up any of the running plays that were going in his direction. He, 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 he handled it. I'm wondering if we're going to need to give him a little bit more time. I know it's hard to say, and we saw a lot of bad play from him, but the offensive line looked really good in Oakland and in New England. Yeah. I mean, again, the thing about Chris Clark, and I remember being utterly shocked watching the Raiders because I thought Mac was just going to destroy him. And I was more, and I, I, I would get absolutely terrified because Clark would line up against Mac with yep. no help none there there was at least 15 plays I saw where he lined up across from Mac one-on-one and Mac didn't do anything with him Mac didn't do anything with him now you can probably say maybe Mac didn't go f- full speed because Connor Cook was in the game and they thought the game was over I don't buy that I think Khalil Mack just from what we've seen is I mean he was defensive player of the year for a reason he has I, the skills. I just I can't buy that because he's always been compared to Clowney that's and have Clowney, Clowney have that sort of game like that yeah you know Matt he more than to. anything. Absolutely. I would say, if anything, maybe he pressed, and that's why Clark was able. Maybe. Maybe, if anything. Or maybe just Clark got, maybe Clark's getting better. Maybe it was a rhythm thing. Maybe he's starting yeah. to figure it out. I don't know. I mean, I know he's been in the league for a while, so to say he figured I mean, it out is a little different, but we do run a different offensive scheme. Our O-line is a little different from where he, well, than from where he came from. Well, a lot of O-line, I mean, it's not a Jimmy and Joe's type thing. It's do the Joes get to play with each other. Yeah. Uh, O-line, more than any position group, they have to work together as a team. They have to know where everybody's going to be. They have to know how the guy next to him is going to react, more so than any other position group. Yep. Defensive line doesn't even have that same sort of – that same sort of um, – what am I what, what am I looking for? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. But more so than anything else, the offensive line benefits from continuity. Oh, yeah. It's so huge. if you get used to playing in a certain spot, and you got to give it – it's very hard to go from left to right tackle. And Chris Clark was doing that. He was our backup for both. Um, I've heard people describe it as one day you're throwing with your right hand, one day you're throwing with your left hand. Now, could you do that? Some people could do one a little bit awkwardly than the other. Yep. And if you practice enough, you could probably get the other one pretty close. Sure. Maybe. 
Maybe. I don't know. I've never tried. I can't say it. But that's what it's been described to me as from offensive line coaches. Um, I, they may be exaggerating a little bit, but even if they're exaggerating a little bit, that's still a pretty big change. Yeah. And so this guy was essentially, he was hitting like a switch hitter in baseball. And maybe he's not a switch hitter. Well, I mean, he, he looked like he was turning it on at, yeah. towards the end of the season. So, And, and honestly, uh, Suofila looked good. Our entire O-line actually looked pretty good. The one thing that I I took away from watching at least the Patriots and the Raiders game was I, I left the season thinking our O-line was extremely bad. And it really actually isn't extremely bad. Does it need tooling? Absolutely. If you well, can add, be- think add if, better players, are, add them. If we aren't down the road from Arlington, we would all probably be okay You're with our offensive right. line. You're probably right. But the fact is that we have to hear how great O-line is in Dallas. Yep. Yeah. And we hear it all over sports talk. Absolutely. I mean, especially for us in Austin where we hear more Cowboys cowboy and Texans. country. I hate it. And that's the one thing that you would think that Dak and Zeke, they got a lot of praise. But, I mean, this is Texas. We know football a little bit. Yeah. And it was just constantly hammered into us. It was the O-line. It's the O-line. The O-line is why they were able to flourish the way they did. Yep. Now, I'm sure if we don't hear that every day. Probably wouldn't be thinking that. I would agree. I would agree. I hate the fucking Cowboys. <laughs> I do. Like, we talk about fuck the Colts all the time. I, I honestly hate the fucking Cowboys more than the Colts. I do. I hate that team so much with a lot no. of passion. And a lot of it has to do with their fucking fans. I'm going to be yeah. real honest. Jerry Jones may be an issue, but they're bolsterous, annoying-ass fans that they have when they haven't done shit annoys me. I mean, it really does. And I'm a Laker fan, and, and we, we're we the same way. We are. We're the same way. And I'll, I'll put it out there. But, God, like, we're bad now, and you don't hear us talking. And we've had some of the greatest players in NBA history. I hate the Cowboys so much, and I'm sorry. Let's, let's move on. Anyways, we're going to so, save that. We're going to do a special. Oh, we're going to kind of get so mad now. Clemson fans up to speed. Yeah. Um, and anybody else that wants to be a bandwagon fan. Um, so we'll just save that. Yeah. You can save that passion. Ooh. Just bottle it up. Yeah. I, I don't agree with you, but we can kind of talk it out. We sure. can kinda... I don't know if we can talk it out, but we can definitely talk about it. We can talk um, about it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, those were, that was one of the things I took away from watching the games. And, and the other one was when I watched the Jacksonville game, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying uh, Tom came in and the lead was so, or they were behind so much and that Jacksonville played, you know, prevent defense. And I, I didn't see that at all. I didn't see prevent defense, honestly, one time that entire game. I saw the corners playing up. I saw them pressing the wide receivers and playing physical at the line. I did not see what people were saying they saw when that game happened. Tom looked like he had control of the offense. And he looked like he knew what he was going to do. He didn't throw a touchdown. Okay, well, guess what? Lamar Miller can, can score with the freaking ball in his hand. I don't think we should be beating up Tom for not throwing a touchdown yet. I, 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 just, think, I think it's overstated just a little yeah. too much, to be honest. I mean, going down memory road with that a little bit, for me, it just makes me a little bit, I don't know, a little bittersweet. Bittersweet's not the word I'd use. I think that we just utterly got completely fucked by that little infection that Savage got. If he starts Green Bay, Green Bay. He was supposed to start in Green Bay. That's the rumor coming out of everywhere, except he got the infection in his elbow. Okay. If Savage doesn't get that infection, and he's able to start 
every game the last quarter of the season. Because he ended up, I think, missing three games because of that. So he's Are we talking about this last year? Yeah, this past year. I had no idea. Oh, really? I, I honestly, I've never heard anything about his his shoulder this year whatsoever. It was his elbow. He was active each he had, game. He had a staph infection in his elbow. Oh, I remember hearing about the staff. But yeah. I just didn't hear. Everybody, he thought, everybody thought it was fake news to take the heat oh, off Brock. Okay. But word out of. New to me. Word out of Texans camp is Tom Savage was going to start the Green Bay game. And had that happened, we would know what we really have in Tom. Yeah. We would know if we have a good backup. We would know if we have a guy that is league average starter. We would know if there's something more. We would know. Instead, this is where, again, we got screwed. We still don't know what we have in Tom. If you go in back and you watch the game against Jacksonville, there are times where he looks like he could just, he could be the quarterback we've always wanted in Houston. I agree. And then there's it's times. It's easy to get caught up in those moments, too, yeah. you know. And then there's times against the Tennessee. Titans Ugh, that was right before game. he got hurt or he didn't set the O-line protection. And everybody that's watching the game can see that he's about to get sacked. Everybody yeah. saw it coming, except for Tom. Yeah. And that's the part that's concerning. And that could have just been nerves. It could have been that he needs to have a couple of bad games. Like, I've said it before. Like, Kirk Cousins, he had a horrible entire season. Yeah. His first season Figured where he got... And he figured it out. Sometimes you just need to play and let him figure it out. Yeah. And we don't even know if that's an option with Tom. So if we would have had Tom in New England, we would have won. And so oh, one yeah. of the other things I took away from watching that game is our our defense is fucking nasty. Uh, not only is it nasty, it's it's pass rushing wise, the way that we line up our guys. I mean, Merciless's sacks both came when he was lined up on the center. It was. It was just amazing to watch. He hit that center with a spin move like he was Dwight Freeney. Yeah. Uh, it what was I, crazy. What I will take away from the New England game and the Oakland game is I haven't seen – I granted, um, people might have forgotten. I'm a South Carolina grad. So I've seen every single game that Clowney has played since he was a freshman in college. And I haven't seen him play with that level of confidence since his sophomore year in college. His junior year when he had all the pressure and he had the bone spurs, that was the year everybody always remembers that Spurrier ragged on him and questioned his work ethic. But the year before that, he was a sophomore, and he wrecked the place. No, like, I know. We've never seen an often, or a defensive line man like that at South Carolina. I sit next to a Clemson guy all day. That's all he talks about. And he hadn't had that same swagger. He hadn't had that same confidence. He had that game. Until the Oakland game. And you could see it. As soon as he got that tip, as soon as he got it, and he, he, he just had lit two, up. By the way, he should have had it. He should have had the first. Pass he should have had the, the first one, and he could have uh, just caught it, and he would have had a touchdown. I know, and I think that's what he got in trouble for. But for him to play with that enthusiasm and that fearlessness, and just that, we're going to be in for a treat this year. I can't wait. I, I honestly mean, can't wait. I uh, don't know defense, how many games we're going to win, but we're going to. Our be defense in for a, is going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, it's going to be so fun. All right, so yeah, so that's what I did for Father's Day. It was a great Father's Day, and uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna try to record next week. I'm gonna be on vacation in California, um, but we're gonna try to record on Skype and um, and go from there on that. And if we can do it, we will, and we'll put it out. I'll put it out on a Thursday morning as usual. If not, then we will be shooting for the following week. Um, John, I want to get into this Bill O'Brien interview. Um, I know you haven't heard part three yet. I've heard part one, part two, and part three. It was the first thing I do every morning now. Um, these inter- This interview 
with Bill O'Brien was great uh, from beginning to end. Everything that they talk about, there, there's not a bad moment of these interviews. Um, we obviously aren't going to play the whole interview, but there are some parts that I wanted to touch on, and then me and John thought we could talk about it. So um, the first one was, and we'll play you guys the sound clips as well, um, on why the team is going to West Virginia for training camp. For, for me to, to – because I know the fans love coming out to training camp, yep. and I, and I want to tell them that we're going to have two or three practices when we come back for, for in front of the fans. I, I know – and we our players get jacked up about practicing in front of our fans. But one of the things over the last three years, when we've gone away to Washington, when we've gone away to Denver, I really think it's helped the chemistry of our football team, and those have been short spurts of two or three days at a time. And I think that's really helped. And look, at the end of the day, it's hot here. And we play indoors. And so I think most of our games are indoors. And so I think that one of the things that I've looked at early in the season, you know, like a couple of years ago when we opened up against Kansas City, that wasn't a great ball game. And, you know, we got we had to coach better in that game. We had to play. But there was like the energy wasn't as good as it usually is with our team. And I we've done research on this. And, and I think that playing in 100-degree weather every single day, the way that we practice, the way that we – what we demand of our players – is tough, and I think it saps your energy. So I think going to this place, it'll help us, number one, chemistry-wise, come together as a team, bond as a team, which I'm a big believer in, and it'll help us practice in kind of normal, you know, that time of the year, 75, 80-degree weather, which I think will help us when we start the season. What is what is your so, mentality? This is- obviously, a lot was said there. There was a lot going on, um, and I like how he addressed the fans, you know, saying that, you know, he knows that the fans like to come out to training camp, and he gets it. But he, he did say that there will be at least two or three open practices when they get back. Um, uh, so the fans will be able to attend. You guys keep an eye out for that, for when the tickets come up, because it's only two or three days this year. I think it's usually a week or two each year. So these tickets will probably fly and there'll be some asshole on Craigslist selling them for $10 a ticket because that's what assholes do for free tickets. Um, but obviously he brought up a lot of good good points on this. The Heat, they are a dome team. Well, what I the biggest thing I took away from it is it kind of gives you a peek into how the Texans think when he was talking about the sports science. Yeah. Um, I believe that they're trying to walk that tight line and he talks about it a little bit later on in the interview as well when looking at what he said statistics <laughs> he's like yeah looking at stats and numbers and things like that yeah I think he said it, we've it's done just, research on it yeah i think it's just it's interesting to look into how they think like it's not just the old school go out sweat everybody to death conditioning they're actually looking at numbers and making decisions off that yeah and i mean and go into a place where it's 75 80 degrees every day uh, you know, he, he brought up that, you know, the way that they practice, it zaps the energy out of them immediately uh, playing in 100 degree weather. I mean, I have a hard time going upstairs in 100 degree weather. I can only imagine what it would be like to be hit two to three times every five minutes uh, and then sprinting full speed. I, I like it. And, and not only that, I really like the fact that they're going to have that time as a team to really bond, really get to know each other. There's not going to be much else going on. There'll probably be a pretty strict curfew. You know, it's really going to be a, a, a moment for the team to really get to know each other even more. The rookies get acclimated to the team, whatever rookie uh, things happen, whether it's shaving heads again or whatever it would be. But um, I do. I think it's a great decision. I'm glad Bill O'Brien decided to do it. And then we have open practices uh, with um, 
New England, and I forget the other team. I want to say Saints. Saints. That's right. And I think Carolina. No, no. Oh, Saints. no, no, no. We're just preseason with Carolina. Yeah, preseason with Carolina. And then yeah. I think we're practicing with the Saints. Yep. Um, and, you know, we talked about how impactful, you know, when we've gone done it with Washington and all, other teams in the past, Denver. Um, so I, I thought that was great. I thought that it's a good part um, of the interview. The other part that I liked was when he was asked on the organizational structure of the franchise when drafting players, he talked about that. You're picking at number 25, and you guys might need to trade up for somebody. What is your thought on that day walking in here? First of all, I don't don't really – I think this is something that's important too. You know, Rick and I, the the way that the organization is structured here, we're partners in running this football team. And so – my part of that partnership is to evaluate the prospects and give Rick my opinion. And when Rick asks my opinion on certain players, I give him my opinion. I'm not in charge of, you know, trading up and trade. Um, that's not yep. part of my deal, you know. So when I come into the building on draft night, I want to be sharp in giving him a snapshot opinion when he asks me what I think of this player. Not much to really talk about. He basically says this is a marriage. We are partners and running this football team. Um, and Rick asks for his opinion. He gives him the opinions, and then Rick goes and gets the players that he wants. I mean. Yeah. I mean, again, everybody thinks that they're dysfunctional. Um, I think that it's – some friction's good. Some friction, especially in an office setting like that, it causes you to not just go off your gut. You have to defend your positions. And from what I've taken from that is that's kind of what – what they have going on. Um, they kind of have the best ideal wins. If they agreed with each other in the beginning, why have both of them, like Bob McNair said? So you get that. You get that going back and forth. And obviously, we've all watched Hard Knocks, so we know how passionate Bill O'Brien is. Absolutely. So I'm sure that. I don't want to argue with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some of that. I'm sure some of that plays into why people sure. people think that there's more friction than there yeah. actually is. Well, he so they actually get into it. So that was on how the organization is structured. Here's Bill O'Brien on on talking about on how he handle how they handle disagreements with Rick Smith. I'm asking you like you're like you're a married couple or something. Like how do you get to that point where you're okay like just just fighting with each other in yeah, a productive no, manner? We we talk all the time. Yeah, and we we have uh, absolutely no problem. We're at ease talking to each other. Um, this is a very competitive business, as you know. I mean, this is all about. Uh, it, it, when you're in the season or you're, when you're in the off-season program or you're getting ready for the draft, it's intense. It's intense, and, and everybody's got opinions. And in the end, as it relates to the team, we're the two decision-makers. Mm-hmm. If we agreed on every decision, like, what, like what's the deal there? Why do you have like, two guys? It's not a bed of roses. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it is. It's the NFL. Now, we agree on a lot of things. There's a lot of things we agree on, but just like any organization – any anything that uh, you know, any successful place that's being run, you're going to have some disagreements in the end. And uh, one of the things that that it states in our contract is we go to Bob if we have a disagreement. We've never had to do that. Yeah. Bob's never had to. We just work it out. You know, maybe there's something that Rick saw that I didn't see, or vice versa, and we we've been able to work it out and, and make the decision. And so, you know, I've I've uh, heard I've been asked the questions in media deals about Rick and I. We get along. We text. We talk on the phone. We were together yesterday. We do we talk every single day? Probably not. Just because once I'm coaching the team, it's it's hard to, you know, maybe have that meeting every single day. But I would say it's rare that a day goes by that we don't talk. Great. I mean, he basically says, 
if there's ever a big enough issue, we're going to bring it to Bob McNair. There hasn't been an issue to that point. If we agreed on everything, we probably wouldn't be the team that we are now. And I agree with that to an extent. If you have two people in the organization that think alike and make most of the decisions, you're probably not going to get... We wouldn't have gotten Brock Osweiler last year. And not that I'm happy we did, but we tried. We tried something new. Well, we I wouldn't think, have gotten Deshaun Watson this year, probably. Right. I, I think mean, there's what, somebody thinking differently, and they're challenging each other, and then they come to an understanding of what they want to do and do it. I think you can see it with how Rick Smith has changed both in his drafting and maybe even to an extent with his free agents. I think Bill O'Brien has pushed Rick Smith to be more aggressive. Granted, I say that this year, and we've signed zero free agents that count. I mean, we've signed three, but I don't count them. No. No. Um, so so that, that was great as well. And then um, one of the other things that w- he was asked was uh, about his you know, family life and, and being able to balance that. And I, I don't want to play that, um, not because I'm, I'm insensitive to what he goes through as a father, probably because I'm more sensitive to what he goes through as a father. It was a very tough part of the interview to hear, um, you know, to hear our head coach who we notice and hold as this big fiery guy and then talk about Jack and and him being 15 and how he was supposed to die at the age of two and, you know, hear him cry on the radio and things like that. You know, that, that just to me and Mike Meltzer brought up a good point about this where he said, you know, you guys can say whatever you want about, him as a coach but let's make sure we always keep it at that there he should never be ridiculed or criticized about his personal life because you don't live it and you can't speak on it so let's make sure that when we talk about him as a football coach that's where it stops um that was yeah. a very hard part of the interview and we're both dads you know a, a lot of you out there are you know to, to be in that situation would be tough and um Obviously, we know he's he's a human, and he has those sides of him. We we saw in Hard Knocks when they celebrated Jack's birthday, and um, you know when they did the E sixty thing um, before our first game with Bill O'Brien as a head coach. But to me, that's always going to pull on on my heart, and just kind of like the David Quisenberry, and you know it's those it's those moments, and and that's kind of what makes you really put football back into focus and really understand what it is. Is you know it's something that we love and we're passionate about, but these people are real people and they go through real life situations. And I think that's part of the beauty of the design of football for season where we actually get to fill it in and we get to know these guys. And again, go listen to the interview. I mean, love them, hate them, agree with them, disagree with them. There is something about Bill O'Brien when he speaks that you want to listen. You want to hear what he has to say. Absolutely. He's probably one of the smartest people in football. And I I would agree. And then he also has a way of coming across and, and talking in a way that is very on the level with somebody that is not Ivy League educated like he is. Like, you he's just so listen to him. He's you listen smart. to him. You know he's smart, but he never comes across as being that Ivy League no. guy. He just comes across as he, he knows his stuff. And, again, listen to it. You'll get a better appreciation for him. Doesn't mean you have to def- think that everything he does is correct, because I sure don't. No, there's a lot of uh, different time management, you know, all that stuff. There's, you know... The, the one part that I do like, and we didn't we didn't play this clip, is where he talks about how he's approaching the offense this season, um, how he's approaching Tom Savage and how, you know, being there, hands-on, being the guy. And he, he made it, if I remember correctly, and I'm sure we could actually play the clip, 
but he he says basically I had to do this because at the end of the day the buck stops at me and I you know and he doesn't say I'm an offensive guru or anything like that but he says I've I've coached offense my whole life um you know I was offensive coordinator I've done these things I need to make that impact on my team is what I got from it and I think you can from at least from what we're hearing and we're early and we're in camp and OTAs and stuff like that but he definitely you can see that he's passionate about what he's doing with Tom and Deshaun right now. I like it and I'm excited about it. And you could hear it in his voice when he talked about Tom, you know, from drafting him and grooming him and invested a lot of time in him. And then when you hear him talk about Deshaun and what he can do on the field, um, it was it was awesome. It, it was great. And Yeah, I mean it just kinda you get a glimpse into Bill O'Brien. You can see how he's growing as a coach. I mean, this is only his second head coaching job. Yeah. He did Penn State, and now he's with us. Dude's gonna make a lot of mistakes. It looks like he's learning from them. Yeah, it looked like he That's tried. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, it looked like he tried to be too much Belichick. Yeah. Now he's trying to figure out how to be Bill O'Brien as a coach, which and, is perfect. You know, I've heard you hear the players, you hear the reporters that have been out there at OTAs, and how they just kept talking about how they hadn't seen him this involved, involved, this hands-on, him coaching the way he's coaching. Yep. So hopefully it pays plays dividends. I mean, he's proven in the past that he can coach an offense and he loves rick ross i mean he he fucking loves rick ross he does how can you hate a coach that likes rick ross i mean you can't anyways uh you guys make sure you go check that out mad radio with mike Meltzer and seth payne on uh, cbs sports uh you guys can find it on itunes and then also i think on um sports radio 610 as well so Check it out. It's a great interview. Last part is tomorrow morning, and then they're going to actually release the whole 85-minute interview uh, tomorrow as well at 10 o'clock. So um, let's get into what we were here to actually discuss. We didn't expect to actually have some things to talk about uh, other than the Colts. So, John, give me give me your thoughts on the Colts. I mean, they, they've honestly had a decent offseason. And, and well, it seems think, like people actually aren't talking about them at all either. Well, I think... Which I don't like. Yeah, well, for the first time in, I don't know, forever, the Colts just... They're not just getting away with having the ultimate cheat code. Right. I mean, for those of you that are new to Texans, we don't get along with the Colts. Uh, if you go on the subreddit, there's this huge thing that's called Fuck the Colts. FTC. FTC. And you can... A lot of guys, they... Say that instead of hello. They say that instead of goodbye. They say it like an Alabama says, <laughs> it's ro- great. roll tide. It is and awesome. I, I mean, I, I get it. We I get mean, so much shit for it, too. Yeah. People well, come in and like, oh, my God, you guys are the ones that say fuck the call. It's like, how can you say anything? It's like, dude, shut up. It's just a joke. Well, we don't, it's it's we a joke, don't and, and it's frustration. It's, well, yeah, we... <laughs> it's just, it's frustration. It's years of them having a team that's incredibly thin, yeah, but they've lucked out at the quarterback position. Lucked no, out. No, it's certain yeah, play on words. Definitely a play I mean, on seriously words. seriously lucked out, You go out, from though. Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. So you go from the best quarterback to come out in a long time to the best quarterback to come out in a long time. Andrew Luck is... I know he's injury. He's injured. I, I love. I, I mean, I mean I, but I he is. Them, but he is the top quarterback prospect. He hasn't really lived up to that potential yet. But you could drop him into any offense. Like he's smart. He's athletic. He's as athletic as Cam Newton. People yep. forget that. He's almost as big as Cam Newton. He's almost. He's almost as big. He's just as fast. Yep. He has an arm that is like Cam Newton, <laughs> except accurate. 
and he has accuracy like Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah. luck. Thank God he's from Houston, so you don't have to hate him too much. Uh, he's not from Houston. He's from Houston. He's from the Woodlands. Whatever. Nah, we, we count him. We, we don't count claim him. them all. And he's we a fucking count cult, him. so. Yeah, but uh, we still. No, I agree. Yeah, he's from the Woodlands, just like uh, Andy Dalton's from Katy, but he's a Houston. We still Bulldog. count him. We still claim him. It's yeah. all Houston. Yeah. I mean, dude, there's not any woods between Houston and the Woodlands. It's all subdivisions. There's no woods anywhere, it seems yeah, well. like. That's um, true. I you mean, gotta but, go out to East Texas. But they, ha- I mean, so and they've had a good off season. You know, obviously, Grigson gone, which is big. That was probably their number one move. It really was. I, I think he was a cancer. I, yeah. I don't think anybody wanted to play in that lo- in the, on that team, and it, I think it showed. Uh, I don't know. I can't say anything about Ballard yet. I mean, he's done some things with the off season. He brought in Jabal Sheard, Brandon Williams, Al Woods, uh, the guard Brian Schwenke, Sean Spence, who I actually like. Um, as an inside linebacker, uh, Barcavius Mingo, I think, to me, I don't know, he, he was a bust. I don't see him resurrecting his career with the with the Colts, but yeah. maybe. Patriots let him walk, so that... If that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Um, and then, obviously, they signed John Simon, which we know what you get with John Simon. You don't get a sack monster, but you get a good setting the edge outside linebacker, pretty good against the run, can occasionally get to the quarterback... You get an excellent. Um, you get a guy excellent. that is very fundamentally sound. Yeah, and can do excellent the job fundamentals, that you need. and he's probably going to be a coach one day. Yeah, he definitely, definitely will be. With the mess that the Colts' defense has been, he is a huge improvement. Like they are just over the moon about Simon. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't blame him. He like he wasn't great, but it's hard to be great on our defense when you have Clowney and Merciless and Watt and I mean. Where is he really going to shine? Right. Um, you know, so he did the dirty stuff that he needed to do. He's very fundamentally sound. I mean, he was available most of the time. Um, he was a good player. He was he solid. Was, he, he was solid. He was a solid he player. Was, he was Vrabel's prize, pu- prize pupil. Yeah. He took loved, him off the. Vrabel took, loved him. Yeah. Vrabel, he's Vrabel's boy. He will probably be on. Vrabel, when he's a head coach one day and Simon's retired, yeah, won't Simon, surprise me if he's on his side. staff. Yeah, linebacker uh, coach. But. I Jabal mean, Sheard is the is the worry for me. Um, I I like Jabal Sheard a lot. Really, I do. I, I really do. I think he's I think he's solid. I mean, I think he's solid. But again, it's what's actually scared me about the Colts is none of those guys. I'm like, oh, that's that's just an absolute waste. Every single guy that they've picked up so far, I'm like, that's solid. That'll work. That's solid. I mean, but to I them, don't think... that that's okay so far, considering yeah. how bad they've been. If you, have, if you add solid pieces that are fundamentally sound and can do their job, you're better. And, and yeah. they've been atrocious. And that's what's actually kind of scary because if, whenever they get average defensive play because of what they have on offense, all of a sudden the Colts usually win the South. Yeah. I mean, he had eight sacks in 2015 and five sacks in 2016. Um, Again, solid. I mean, it's – Yeah. I mean, he had, he has more sex than Clowney. Yeah, above average. I mean, above average, solid. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's great against the run, though. He's great against the run. Is he? Yeah, he's great against the run. Um, so I mean, I, that's great. But really, probably the the big part of what they did defensively was in the draft. Yeah. Um, Malik Hooker, Ohio State safety. I I know when we traded up, I knew we weren't going to take Hooker. I was kind of hoping in my mind well, Hooker, that we would. I, and I'm glad we got Deshaun. I'm gonna I'm gonna come from this as a Texans fan and not a Colts fan. And I'm 
I think Colts way over the moon. He's not going to be the second coming of Ed Reed. I think you're tripping. He doesn't tackle as well. He doesn't play the run as well. You can teach that though, and he's also young. Maybe, but a safety that can't tackle is like a wide receiver that can't catch. Yeah, but um, you can teach tackling and techniques and way to you take teach, angles. I you know. can't teach to catch I know with he, small hands. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's just a big saying, difference. I'm just saying that that's so fundamentally a part of what they do. Agreed. And but he is a Volhawk. He is, and if he was on our team, I would. If he was a Texan, I would probably be singing his praises and i'd be talking about all of his positives well i want us to and be I'm gonna, real too though like i'm it, gonna i'm gonna try and kind of hopefully... we hate him we hate the team yeah we don't want him to be good but let's be honest Millie cooker was a good pick especially where they got him. he's a yeah for him to drop that far to the 15th pick i mean a lot of people uh, were saying he was a top 10 pick going there was the people draft. that thought he was gonna go number two right so i mean he's injury history stuff like that he's got the injury Those history are all apart. as a safety yep he can't tackle, but range. He can tackle. He doesn't miss every tackle that he's ever had. Okay. There's not he's a bunch a, of tape out there where he's just he he's dives kinda, forward and this guy spins off of him. Eighty-seven. He's kind snaps. of a reluctant tackler. He would rather he's go hesitant. for the ball. He, you know, I mean, when you see like Cunningham, if you listen to our previous cast, you can hear me saying, "Well, Cunningham not being able to tackle." Not that big of a deal because he uses his hands and he's an eager. He wants to tackle. He yep. wants to hurt somebody. Right. He's not going to shy away from him. No. Hooker, you don't know if he's shying away from him or if he's just that ball crazy that even though there's no chance that he's going to get the interception, he's still going for the interception. So that's kind of the knock. I, again, he's a fantastic pick. He's there at 15. That's not even fair. Like, I, I've seen so you many... should. Oh, they should almost make him redraft because he dropped that far. He should not have dropped, dropped I've that seen, far. I watched his but he's film not gonna be. He's not going to be Ed Reed. He's going to be Ed Reed. He's going to be Malik Hooker. No, Whether or not... He's going to be he's Ed, Ed Reed coverage-wise. He will be Ed Reed. He has the same range as Ed Reed. He has, which is a big part of the playing safety. And that range... like There's been multiple plays that I've seen on his, his scouting tapes where he's... He's the only guy back there, and he's yeah. covering both sides of the field. Or even not being the guy back there and somehow pick and off Deshaun Watson. He's – why? Did you see that Why? Guy? Did you see that? Yes, why? Because that's – Why? That's the one that makes me scared. But, John. <laughs> receiver We're talking running, about receiver, the Colts. <laughs> receiver running free. And you bring in our boy. And Watson has an easy throw. His worst play. Anyways. And Hooker just literally, like, I don't know, teleported or some shit. I don't know. He just was there. I, I like Malik Hooker. I think he will learn to tackle. I don't think he'll be a hard-hitting safety. I'm hoping he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I hope he doesn't either. I hope he fucking sucks forever. But he's probably not going to. I don't want him to suck. To. I oh, just, I do. I, just, I want I... them all to suck. I could care less. Um, I want yeah, them all true. to suck. But uh, I do think coverage-wise, he will be very close. Um, I, I don't think he'll be the hard-hitter that Ed Reed was or uh, Bob Sanders was in, in you know with the Colts. But I do think he was a great addition um to the team and it addresses one of their biggest needs as well which was safety um and then with that cornerback from florida quincy wilson i liked him quite a bit i was kind of surprised that they went there they have vontae davis they have uh what's his name you know why they picked him up why single purpose why guess who he matches up perfectly against deandre deandre yeah he does if you're going to design a corner to take out deandre physical corner so they obviously think we're going to resign DeAndre. I hope we do. I think I hope we do. I think and, by the time we're on the podcast, he'll have a deal. 
I hope so. I, I really, really do. do. But that's that's why they signed him, or that's why they drafted him. If you were going to design a quarterback to take out Hopkins, this is who you would. Now, whether or not he actually can, but he has the physical abilities, the way he plays the game. Uh, physical corner, the right size to do it. So that's why he. That's why they drafted him. Yeah. I, he was, was probably also draft. yeah. It was a, such a deep draft in the cornerback position. I if he if the Texans had taken him, I would. I don't know if I'd have been excited about him, but for what the Colts are trying to do, I think he fits. I do too. And I hate saying that. Uh, I don't know enough about Terrell ba- Basham uh, from Ohio to say that he's somebody that they're very excited about. Defensive end. Um, I, the scouting reports I read said very angry hands, um, which is actually huge for a defensive line. Apparently that's one of the harder things to teach is good hand fighting. And apparently this kid's a natural at it. He's one of those guys, lots of potential, another solid pick. I don't like the fact that the Colts GM seems to know what he's, he's doing. Yeah. Um, they, they, I mean, they went, they went defense this draft. I mean, it's everywhere. They only went offensive once, I think. Yeah, with the offensive tackle of the Incredible Hulk. Well, they Zach also got Manor. that running back. I really like that running back, too. Marlon oh, Mack. yeah, Marlon Mack. Yeah, people are saying that he's going to be the Jordan Howard this year. Well, Let's not skip over Banner, because Banner is worth talking about. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get to Mac. Uh, Banner is a physical freak. Um, he is built like the Incredible Hulk. He's not just named like him. Yeah, no, he is. He's, but he's got his feet. Ooh, slow. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, for a tackle. I mean, for maybe, us, that's a good thing, because we got, we got some guys that are pretty quick yeah. on our, our D-line. But he's one of those guys. He gets his hands on them. That player's out of the play. They're not. They're not escaping. Like he's just. He's that big. He's that big of a freak. I mean, I who. If he learns how to use his feet, I don't know if you can teach somebody to move your feet quicker. But if they teach him that, then he could be a really good pick. Or he can continue to play how he is, and he'll just be. You know, he'll be Chris Clark. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Marlon Mack. I South mean, Florida. This is. This kid is apparently something special. He they need something special. He's, I've not heard this direct comp, but when I watched him, he's Lamar Miller. Similar build, similar play style. He's one of those guys that one minute you're going to just be out of your chair, like screaming, he's done something amazing. And then he's going to try and cut back something and he's going to lose the sure five gain or sure three to four yard gain. And you're going to be like, why did you do that? He's going to be a firecracker. If he can actually, if he can catch the ball, um, I don't know if he can actually catch the ball. Um, they keep saying that he can catch the ball. I haven't seen any proof that he can catch yeah, the ball. Yeah, I haven't either. But if he can, oh man, he's going to be, he's going to be a headache. We won't, our defensive last year wouldn't be able to cover him. He's that type of running back. We will be able to this time. This year we should be able to. That's what Cunningham's here for. That's what Shaquille Rashad's here for. If Valentine, Valentine can stay healthy, that's what he's here for. But if we end up in a situation last year where we're relying on McKinney to uh, cover him, God bless. By for, the way, in that Patriots game, Merciless was in coverage like four times. Yeah, outside linebackers yeah. cover. Well, well, I know that, but I usually don't see Merciless on, on, on coverage. Yeah, uh, I it's, think it's more fun when you got to watch Clowney cover. Uh, no, I'll never forget the first <laughs> game where Clowney covered a tight end and gave up a 55-yard touchdown. No. Um... <laughs> But Merciless actually did a pretty good job covering uh, James White and uh, 
Martellus Bennett. But anyways, um, yeah, I I like Marlon Mack. They need a good running back. I mean, if you play I fantasy, think they got one. Yeah. If you play fantasy and you're looking for a guy to take in the, in the latter latter rounds of the draft, this would probably be a good one. I'm not sure. I'm not sold on their offensive line as of yet, though. Either um, they invested a lot of picks in the offensive line, and it hasn't worked out. Um, so we can kind of run through the rest of these. Um, Grover Stewart, defensive tackle out of Albany State. He's another project player. Uh, good build, um, but he played at a smaller school. Again, if he was a Texan, probably be excited about him, but he's not. He's a Colt, so I hope he's one of those projects that fails. Yeah, um, and then next round, uh, they're picking the uh, fifth round was Nate Harrison, quarterback out of Temple. Um, I'm thinking that I'm just I'm sorry, my I've lost my train of thought a little bit. I think that he's a slot corner, if I yes. remember correctly. He's a slot corner, and he looks like he'll be more of a depth corner. Um. So, again, solid pick. It's a passing league. You can never have too many corners. This was a deep draft for corners. And other years, he probably would have been a third or fourth round pick. Yeah. This year, he's a fifth round pick. And, again, a quarterback at the fifth round this year, not a bad pick. Uh, and I think this is probably my favorite pick of the draft uh, for them, besides Malik Hooker, was uh, Anthony Walker, linebacker out of Northwestern. Uh, I like him a lot. This, he's a really boomer bust kind of guy. I don't know if he he'll be uh, every down linebacker, but he has potential. Yeah, he has uh, potential. They're gonna try him at both inside and outside. He's one of those type of players. Yeah. Um, another solid project player. I, I, I the Colts. Um, they had a good draft. I don't want to say that they did have a good draft. They had a good draft. They addressed They'll, a lot of needs. They, which is what you want to do in a draft. I mean, they and they you, didn't reach for any of them. Yeah, if you read all 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 the reports out there, everybody's giving them like A's and B's, yeah. B pluses, A's, and I'm very biased against the reports because most reports gave us a C. Because we had a solid draft. I thought we had a and great draft. And that's without an unbiased opinion. I really I, think I, we had I am a, biased. I'm not biased. I'm being honest. I think we just had a good draft. Well, I am biased, and usually that makes me harsher because if I don't like a player. You'll hear me bitch about it for way too long. And this year, I I was actually pretty happy, and we kept getting Cs because they dra- graded our entire draft on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Whereas with the Colts, they most grades, they seem more balanced. The Colts just did a good job, top to bottom. They got some people have considered Hooker the seal of the draft. Um, he should, again, he shouldn't have been there at 15. He... I'm almost not even kidding. They should have restarted the draft and been like, hold up, something wrong. <laughs> Somebody forgot he was available. You know, uh, we're redoing there, the there, draft. there's got to be a glitch. I think we forgot him. Sure. He's, he's over here. I, I just, I don't know. And I, it's not fair. They already got the cheat code at the quarterback. Uh, I think they got the cheat code at safety. I, I think, really like him. I think the best thing we have going for us right now with the Colts is they still have uh, Chuck Pagano. Who's been riding the Chuck Strong thing? I don't think he's. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he. I think he was. I think he'll be okay. I think that he's a mediocre coach. I think he's that average, his yeah. best decision ever was hiring Bruce Arians. Oh yeah, and that's without a doubt. I think if Pagano hadn't gotten sick and still one of the greatest stories, it's still a great story. The whole Chuck Strong thing, um, and still no offense to him as a person. 
I think that had that not happened, though, they would have probably been better off keeping Arians and letting Gano walk. And then I'm glad they didn't because had they, we would be going for the wild card every year. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right, we're running up on it. Let's let's go through their schedule real quick and predict where you think that they'll be. So they open up against the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, I would say that's a win. Uh, <laughs> do, do they even have agree? to play the game? <laughs> yeah. Um, then Arizona um, at home. They're going to lose. Really? They're going to lose. They'll lose. I, I don't um, – I actually think they'll win that game. I don't. I don't think Arizona is going to be anything this year. I don't think Arsene Palmer can put it together. I mean, a lot of – I really of, don't. Well – they're uh, kind of aware of that. That's why David Johnson became like 90% of their offense. Uh, and he's my favorite running back in the league. And yeah. they still got quite a bit on defense. I still no, they think, do. And they added to their defense. I still too. think that. I think Arizona is going to be right. Arizona will probably win. Um, Cleveland? Yeah, again. I don't, tanking, know I don't know yet about Cleveland. No, they're still in tank mode. I don't think they're in tank mode. They're going to start Brock Osweiler at quarterback. I don't they're think they're going to start mode. Brock Osweiler. They're a tank. Though. I think they're gonna start Cody Kessler. I think that they're Cleveland's about a year away from making some noise, but they're looking. They're doing it right. They I love are. the way they're real building. I love watching it, reading about it. I, I really am rooting for I, them to get. You it know, together. I disagree with that. I hate tanking. They straight up tank. How else are you supposed to do it? I mean, how else are you supposed to do it? It's the smart way to do it, and I've got to respect them for doing it the smart way. The fact that the owner's patient but enough now to do it that way. I think something has to be done to prevent that in the future. I just every it makes me sick. Team, uh, every professional sports, whatever. Yeah, but every it. game. NBA, in, look at Philadelphia. You, you can't compare the NBA and the major league to that because Why, they, they play so many two games. They play for so many games. Right. You lose eight games in the NFL. It's done. Right. That's it. But guess who benefits from that? You're done in eight weeks. But the Ravens get two easy wins. Okay. The Steelers get. Two easy wins I don't every think, year. I honestly don't think they fully tanked. I, I do think that they they tried. did tank. I think they tried. Well, they always try because they don't want to be out of the players. Don't want to be out of a job. You can only tank so much. But when you design a roster I, where they can't win, I don't think that we've seen a full team tank. You're giving your division winners two free wins for as much shit as the AFC South got. I never felt like we ever got two free wins. Well, I mean, no, I don't. I don't think we did. What, what, and what? I don't yeah. think we got it against Colts. And think just think about Rams. that in the NFL, you get to we got we went to the playoffs last year at nine and seven. I mean, look at the Rams though. You can so see the Rams suck. Yeah. So you get your two free wins, and now all you got to do is figure out how to win didn't, seven more. Didn't they beat Pittsburgh last year? Who? The Browns. The Browns won a game last year. Yes. If they did, it was completely on accident. You can look it up real quick. I don't think they did. I don't know. I well, yes. Oh no, they lost to the to the. So they went one of fifteen. They were it was twenty seven twenty four against the Steelers. So obviously they're not tanking. I don't know. That's another conversation. Yeah, uh, Seattle at Seattle. That's a loss. San Francisco. That's a win. Tennessee. That'll be interesting. I think that'll be a win. Um, Jacksonville. I think that's a win. Cincinnati. I think is going to be god awful this year. Their yeah, offensive line is going to be yeah. bad. I don't they're, see them doing it. They don't they're have a, in a their down defense year. is getting older. Yeah. Um, I think they'll beat Cincinnati. Uh, they're at us on the 5th. I think we win. Then they go to Pittsburgh and lose. They play Tennessee at home. I think they lose one of the games. They'll split with Tennessee. They'll split with Tennessee, and they always split with Jacksonville. And they'll split with Jacksonville. It's, a, it's which guaranteed. Is the next one. Uh, at Buffalo, I think that's a win. 
I think Denver's a win. I don't think Denver's going to be that good yeah. this year. Um, Baltimore, I don't know. I don't know. No, I think Baltimore will beat them. I think Baltimore is going to be back to normal this year. And then they finish up with us at home. I, I think we sweep them. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten wins. Shit. Ten and seven. Well, I mean, ten and six, sorry. Math was off there. Well, we'll see. I mean, that's all right. We're going to go uh, 10 and 13 to 3, so that's fun. <laughs> 10 and 6, most years get you into the playoffs in the AFC South. Yeah. So, you know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm super excited, and we're getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. Um, I just, yeah, the Colts. Man, I, I uh, well, don't Well, we just talked about it for a whole podcast, so that's great. So now you get to hang up and be done. I get to stay forward. away from there. You can keep drinking your beer. Yeah, all I get that to stay good away stuff. from all their happiness. And their happiness they're all the blue so upbeat. and white. Uh, dude, I had to go into their subreddit. I never did. Oh. Uh, you did. I don't know why you did. Everything can be found online, so I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know why you chose I, to I, go that route. I wanted to see how excited they were, do. and I made that mistake, and I wish I hadn't. Well, John, this was a good one this week. Um you guys, this will be up on iTunes uh, no later than Friday. Uh, we're trying to change the intro. Hopefully that is done this time as well. Um, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, not on Stitcher yet. It's a very weird situation with Stitcher, but I will figure that out. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TXNS underscore unfiltered. You can follow me at Gold on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and you can follow John at the Garnet uh, Texan. Garnet Texan on Reddit and John A. Wade three on Twitter. Um, and I'm also currently running the Twitter account for the for the podcast itself. So say hi. So say hi whenever say you want. Say hi, John. Um, and that's it, guys. Look at uh, my cute baby pictures. Yeah, baby <laughs> pictures. Uh, we will be discussing the Titans next week. So we'll get a little bit more in depth with uh, about Eric Decker and some of the offseason moves they've made. Hopefully we'll have something else like the Bill O'Brien interview to come up. Um, make sure you guys do go check that out, please. It, it really was a great interview. Um, and that's about it. Thanks for listening to Texan Unfiltered. We're out of here. When they had our backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure, we still got it done, man. When they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to shine, it's our time to keep it 100. So we gonna go out here and show them how trill we are, baby. So you better get out the way, cause we coming for it. It's all for one and it's one for all. Let's go.